Hello and welcome to the Rationable Podcast, your weekly deep dive into how science and critical thinking make you immune to scams, fads and hoaxes. I am your host, Abhijit. Let's dig in. Part of our interview with Dr. Sheikh. Today, we will be talking about the science, or lack thereof, behind Patanjali's coronal kit, Ayurveda and the world of alternative medicine and pseudoscience in India. This is going to be good. Strap in and let's get started. So we're changing gears into figuring out what's going on with the pandemic. And you have been extremely active on Twitter, um, talking about not only countering bad advice and bad science, but also uh, speaking out and calling out people like Baba Ramdev and Patanjali when it comes to the Corona kit and now called the Coronal coronal Kit, whatever it's called. And um, you've also been talking about Bharat Biotech and the kind of things that they've been putting out, along with, of course, our rather ridiculous timeline of 15th of August that ICMR seems to have just pulled out of their hat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, unwrap that story for me and for the listeners. So, yes, I am am doing a lot of work in uh, countering misinformation in science and medicine. And Especially I've been doing with altnews.in, right? Altnews Science. So my platform is not altnews. Okay. It is a section on the website. The science section is quite prominent. We've put it like right on the top. I am the founding editor of the platform because mm-hmm. I believe in evidence-based science. And I, I mean, all these scientists, like people like us, we're doing all this research, basic sciences, clinical sciences. And I feel like if more than half of the population in this world, in the majority of the countries like India and China, are believing in traditional Indian medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, and they're thinking that they can do all these things with some herb concoction that hasn't been tested in the same way, mm-hmm. how on earth is this fruitful? Yes, we're getting vaccines. We eradicated polio. But this is like, I did not predict a pandemic. I did not know. But we, I had a 100% kind of faith that these guys are going to take themselves down uh, because they've been, the amount of money that they were investing in the Ayush ministry, which is like the parallel of the health ministry, no country in the world has two health ministries, one for pseudoscience, the other one's for real we're health. We're you know, special that way. We're very special. <laughs> and the biggest increase in the budget after the military is actually of Ayush ministry. It's not so much, but the percentage of increase every year is of the Ayush ministry. And they're constructing the, the in Delhi, the, the size of Ames, like Ayush hospital right next to Ames. Our entire tourism, <laughs> medical tourism in South Asia is very much focused on coming to India. I mean, when I was in Sydney, I've heard so many Afghans, uh, a lot of Pakistanis, they wanted to come to India because it was cheaper, better care and yeah. uh, reliable care and better mm-hmm. technology. I mean, people who couldn't go to the US and all these other places. I mean, of course, we were in Sydney, but they had relatives back in 
um, in Kabul and here and there. And they would say, we would want to send our relatives to Delhi instead of sending them somewhere else because that was the right thing to do. We are better in that region. We, we, we mm. ace medical tourism. But when you were trying to replace that with voodoo, um, we're going to go nowhere. You know, the entire country will go through that system first because it's cheaper. And a couple of years later, a couple of months later, when this, the problems that they went to the clinician in the first instance have become chronic, and not every problem will become chronic. A lot of the infections, a lot of the um, diseases are self-resolving as well. But mm-hmm. when that problem becomes chronic, cancer, diabetes, blood pressure, and we have them by the dozen, that when that becomes chronic, it's going to go into the real medical system. That's when it's going to be a challenge. So something that could have been easily avoided a couple of years ago, you've sent it over there and then you made it worse and then they do a U-turn. Or in worst cases, they don't survive or they have a really bad quality of life. Do we want that? I mean, I haven't even written like 10% of what my research has been, been done in, in the IU system. I've looked at a lot of the drugs that they pushed out. Some of them are not advertised so well. Some of them are not advertised. Mm-hmm. And it's not even on clinical. I mean, clinical trials are like far off. They haven't even seen efficacy in animal work, in animal research. And they, they've already manufactured and pushed them out. Barbaran, they sells this cataract um, drops for eyes. Mm-hmm. And I haven't written about it yet, but I've done the research. And on his website, he proudly pushes out this paper that, oh, look, there's a study. Because people think that, oh, who's going to read the paper? As long as the paper's there, it is effective, right? And he goes and says, this is this bottle of drops. And it has ginger and lemon and onion and all sorts of things. And it makes you teary and everything. And people think, oh, it's working because it's, 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 I can feel it. It works because it burns. It works because it burns, but importantly, it doesn't work just for an illness. So if you have cataract, macular degeneration, it, it will fix every single eye disease. Not only that, the claim is that it will protect you from becoming ill. Like it will protect you from an eye disease and cure every single. Now, we know that every disease has a different like origin and you have to treat the real problem. But just by pouring some onion, this and that. Okay, now, made their claims, all of that. I say, let's dig out the paper. Let's have a look at what happened. They tested this thing on nine rabbits. They induced what they induced. I can't remember. I think it was macular degeneration or something. Uh, where there were some nerves um, who they had you know, gone through um, some sort of a chemical degeneration. And then they put these um, droplets in them, mm-hmm. regardless of the result, and I don't think they, they did a very good job at it, but regardless of the result, I don't want to put something in my eye when it's gone only in nine rabbits. And then they publish them in shoddy journals. Something it's the shortcut has... for any alternate person. See, yeah. this is evidence-based. There's a study. Just because there's a study, a... that doesn't mean yeah. that it's already proven. And a lot of the journalists who report these things, even a lot of ultimate people, they just read the conclusion or the or the introduction. Right. And someone yeah. like me who will go through the study and look at the data and then find out, oh, the data is just, I mean, I can't even say it's terrible. I can't even say it's an honest mistake. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I've it's, seen uh, 
one of the things that uh, one of the ingredients in this coronal kit which they've been selling because initially i started researching it when they said that we have a study in progress uh which i don't think they've ever come out with a study have they okay so i wrote this about about the coronal kit in my article um and i talked about it on the mirror now show as well mm-hmm. the the clinical trial which he kept quoting that he didn't say randomized control trial it is actually called rct randomized control yeah. control trial he kept saying clinically controlled trial so he probably doesn't know sure he doesn't know the terminology benefit of doubt sure the mm-hmm. people who did the research some guy called ganpat devpura did the research and acharya whatever his name is the 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 guy in the white clothes yeah, orange I white i i remember those two <laughs> yeah. um so the guy in white clothes he's he's generally the main author on a lot of these papers the senior author and then there's the first author um i looked at those authors the first and the second authors none of them had an experience in clinical trials before none of them had published before they were actually quite senior so it's not like a junior junior scientist who'd done research so they didn't understand what they were doing they designed the study and they applied for clinical trial ethics clearance and they said look we're going to submit the documents in the evening you'll have all these documents which is basically the approval of it that approval was just to conduct the study and it was and it, it's had this basic information about how many people they're going to have in the in the study what they're going to do etc etc mm-hmm. and then the ethics department came back and said that they didn't apply for ethics coronavirus treatment when they applied the ethics they said it was an upper respiratory system some sort of a treatment for the upper respiratory system they didn't say it was it was like sardi zukam type uh, oh. treatment it wasn't like actually for corona so that was that and and i i give this benefit of doubt to ram there even though he's published so many things that he doesn't understand the difference between paper a research study published research study and an ethics approval yeah but the guys who are the first authors they know that that acharya guy who is the owner Bal of Krishna. all of this bal krishna that's right the white guy he i mean not the literal white guy the <laughs> yeah, guy in the white yeah. clothes yeah he yeah. knows he's published he's on so many studies there are more than 147 or 67 odd studies on wow. uh, patanjali website on yoga and all sorts of things so they know this but they still send the documents that was only ethical approval and then different hospital that they who, which approved that okay yeah we're, we're okay to do this in our hospital fine and then they attached they didn't attach the papers they they wrote in three lines that there is these are the preclinical studies on mm-hmm. the basis of which we did this research so there were three bottles in the coronal kit one of the bottles was swasari ras yeah yeah so that that study was done in mice with um, an induced allergic reaction which yes induced asthmatic allergic, allergic uh, uh so that was induced in in the lab it wasn't mm. actually on covid or any infectious disease we know infection and inflammatory induced inflammation is completely different you can mm. have inflammation due to infection but you can have inflammation like an allergy as well you don't need an infection for that anyway that was in mice not in humans so human research has never been even published yet yeah. second 
bottle was the actual coronal tablet bottle. Now that mm-hmm. has three different herbs. One is giloy, which is licorice root. You know, the licorice, it's yeah, not yeah. candy. It's like this bitter kind of thing, which is really popular though. Licorice, mm-hmm. um, tulsi, and ashwagandha. I don't know the in uh, the, the the English name for ashwagandha. It's some some scientific a, name that I don't know. Yeah, it's and a then tulsi is holly basil. I think. Yeah, I think holly so. Basil. basil, right? Yeah, yeah. holly basil. So, um, so for licorice only, they had done a research study, not for ashwagandha, uh, not for tulsi, only for licorice. And the study was actually in a software, in a com- computer, like a simulated model in a computer software mm-hmm. that kind of was showing the interaction between protein A and protein B that was supposedly in, involved in the coronavirus. Now, that's not even done in vivo, in, a, in any live animal, not even in a cell. So that's just for Giloy, or which is touted like endlessly. Um, and then they came up saying that it's an immunity bolster. But guess what? Majority of the people dying due to the coronavirus are because their immunity is actually increasing and shooting up to that level where their renin-angiotensin system is being activated, the vasodilation is happening. And that's because the immunity is shooting to that point that you're not supposed to. So you're not supposed to increase the immunity to that point. That's why dextamethasone is a steroid that's working because it suppresses your immunity at the right time. So you give Mm -hmm. dextamethasone, not in advance, but at that time when you have something called the cytokine storm, which is like this huge immunity reaction. You're supposed to, you don't want to increase immunity of somebody who is at that point because you're going to kill someone. It doesn't, which is a good thing. It doesn't increase immunity, but it doesn't do anything to the COVID infection. So whether they sell it as an immunity drug or anything else, it's not going to do anything. Mm. But the problem here is that people might think that they are are clear of the infection before they Mm -hmm. actually... And, and, and people might think that this has helped them and then they might go and infect other people just thinking that Absolutely. they're fine now. And the third thing that I wanted to say is that when they said that they tested in humans, which I have no idea, I haven't seen the data yet, they haven't published, they are saying that they were coronal positive, they, they didn't actually test that they were coronal positive before. They gave them the drug and then they tested that they were coronal negative. But the guys that they tested on were only 50 people, by the way, generally for a drug or a vaccine, you need thousands and thousands of people. These are only 50 people and 50 controls. But those 50 people, they were just in contact with somebody who had in like an isolation, who had coronavirus. So they were, they were those people who were in contact and isolated, but they were never tested coronapositive. So they just assumed that because they were in contact, and then they gave coronal, and then five days later, this is what they say. Again, I don't know. They haven't. They published. just said this. Five days later, yeah, <laughs> they said all this. Five days later, they give, they get the test, and it's negative. And they're like, "Oh, look, we turned them negative." Oh, this is so I mean, slimy. Like it's, it's such a con job. It's not just a con job. Imagine someone like me who is looking at such cool research and trying to do all these different things, I am underused in all new science. I am here because I'm frustrated with the amount of 
I would say lack of intelligence and lack of lack of critical thinking, not just for medicine, but for in general, for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is where I can uh, kind of uh, make any impact or, you know, I would start, start somewhere. I mean, Pratik obviously does a lot of uh, Zubair and Sam as well, who are the founders of Alt News Portal. Mm-hmm. They actually do a lot more. They do, they talk about politics and stuff. I can't do that. And this yeah. is what I can do. So I'm going to do this and do my small bit to get the rationality, critical thinking, you know, in people. It's very important. And I've, it, yeah. I, I've written, about, I wrote about the Corona kit, the Corona kit, ah. whatever it is, recently. And I, since they didn't bring out a study and I didn't think they would, it doesn't look like they will. I thought I'd do my own research. And I'm a layperson. I can't, I, I don't have medical training. I'm not saying that everybody can read a paper, but no, I have can't. taken, I've, I've taken considerable time. I've read a book called How to Read a Medical Paper. Like it's a, how to read a paper, it's a scientific paper. So I can't say that you learn everything from that either, but there are yeah. certain things that I've managed to pick up, which is figuring out what is your target population? What is it that you're testing on? How many, uh, how many subjects are there? Is it randomized? Is it placebo controlled? Exactly. Is it blinded? Is it double blinded? Is it triple blinded? And in just that methodology, a lot of the flaws of a study can come out. I don't get stats, but I, I did find that there were, especially I looked up Ashwagandha and surprisingly enough, they had done the only thing I could find reliably in this context. I mean, there's been a lot of other studies when it comes to testosterone and muscle mass and stress and a lot of other things that Ashwagandha is being tested for. I don't know what their status is, but specifically for towards COVID-19, it tested for uh, figuring out if the binding domain of the virus and how it can connect to the the ACE2 receptor. Mm-hmm. So and this was... Yeah. yeah, so this was only, again, a computer model. Yeah, so it's the on, same thing with the gil- on, Yeah, it's a software. Yes, on basically on whether the medicine can connect with the virus's uh, binding receptors and make them less susceptible to connect to ACE2 receptors. This is just a computer model. It's exactly. not done in any living, spe- in any living animals. Yeah. It's not been done in the lab in a Petri dish. It's not been done in humans. There's no way to know how that will turn out in real life. And even me, <laughs> with my limited resources and understanding of scientific papers, because see, when it comes to more complicated scientific papers, I do have real scientists I can refer to and I say, this is the paper I'm checking out. What do you mm-hmm. think of it? And I can get, you know, proper feedback and an interpretation on it on the, unless it's already been written by a reliable resource. Mm-hmm. And even me, like just looking through that paper in like 10 minutes, I was like, this is not even a real study. This is just a computer model. Same thing with Giloy. Uh, sorry. Uh, and yeah, same thing with Giloy. Same thing with Giloy because I found that out. Yeah. And Tulsi, I couldn't find anything on. The yeah, I, I did not look for these studies that you're talking about because they were not mentioned in that ethics application. I wanted to say ah. that the, the documents that they have submitted doesn't include any research on this. <laughs> I did more research than they did. Oh my God. <laughs> and you are still the creme de la creme of the population who can still understand some basics of research. And, but the, I think that's, that's why I've created this platform. If you read my article, I think... 
people who have a basic understanding can still mm. read and understand because I write in the most simplistic, no fancy words, just detail, you know, going blah, 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 blah. It has to be explained to such, I mean, I go down to such simplified. Sometimes I feel like I lose a lot of detail. Oh, it's very important this, though. It's very... I know, but, but I don't want to lose the people because if mm. the people who can understand the detail, they won't be here. They don't mm. need to look at this, right? Yeah. Because you can't convince them. You, and sometimes I, I simplify it to that point, but if you, but it's still a lot of detail. But you, you should really check those papers out, to those articles out on Alton Science, and you'll, you'll know the problems with the research. But you, what you did is work, a lot of work. And most people are not prepared to do that. They'll just look at the headline of my article and then they'll be like, okay, agree or disagree whether I like this person or not, whether I like this platform or not, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And then some people are like, okay, I like this person because on and off, she's been mostly talking about science. So maybe she's a real scientist. <laughs> <laughs> and my problem is, see, I don't have a problem with Ayurveda. I, my problem is do the right kind of trials, do whatever you exactly. need to do. And then it doesn't remain Ayurveda. That becomes mainstream medicine because you've extracted exactly. the, the, the active compound from something and then you've tested it effectively. But the reason, so they put a ban on a regular scientists commenting on or peer reviewing Ayush stuff because they don't understand. Our bodies are not different, right? Your body, my physiology, your physiology, exactly the same. How does mm. Ayush treat it differently and real medicine treats it differently? It doesn't. It's the same mechanism. But they're afraid that we'll be too critical and then they'll be like, oh, you don't understand. No, I've been reading these papers for more than 10 years. I do understand a lot. I've, I have read more papers than Ayush people have. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have taken reviews of the head of the Central Council of Research of Homeopathy India and found faults in their papers and his head of a council, <laughs> Homeopathy Council. And they're quoting each other and they're all reviews. And they haven't even read the entire reviews before quoting each other. And they're saying the, the evidence is in that study, and that is a review. And the other guy saying the evidence, evidence in the other study, and that is a review as well. And then they come back. Well, to be fair, if they really were thorough about science, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, we wouldn't be having <laughs> I mean, this, this wouldn't have been a problem the, in the first place. Yeah, but, but the thing is that, they, I mean, the, the, the research quality is just so terrible. And, and don't get me wrong, there's good research in India. Some of them go through really good journals as well. It's just that there's mm -hmm. a huge disconnect. Those people don't comment because it's too, like, even I think that way sometimes, I'm not going to lie. It's beneath me to do this. And a lot of times, um, Pratik and I have this conversation that, but all of this is, I feel like all of this could be beneath me, but how important it is to do this, regardless yeah. of that. And the entire reason there's this huge difference between the so-called scientists, armchair intellectuals, and I'm saying armchair because they don't really communicate. They think it's really beneath them to go down to a layperson. Mm. And they think it's not their job to do it. Like the, it's a government's job to get them, but, the, but it's not happening. Somebody has to take an initiative. Absolutely. Nobody's and saying the more it. voices, the better. <laughs> we need a lot more of that out there because it is... And see, I, I honestly believe that most of the people who believe in alt medicine, a lot of them, I mean, okay, not most of them, but definitely a lot of them just haven't been informed 
of the opposing argument. They haven't been put out of their bubble because we are so insulated in our families, in our communities, where homeopathy and Ayurveda and all the other, and even acupuncture Siddha. and acupuncture. I was, I was oh, coughing yeah. the other night because I, I don't know, I had choked on something and uh, managed to shoot chili sauce up my nose. But I was coughing profusely and my mother told me to hold my thumb. Which is, <laughs> which is an acupressure thing that we saw in yeah. some email or some relative had told us like ages ago. And we just take it for granted. But the thing is that coughing usually goes away by itself. Yeah. Especially if you just choked on some food and you're coughing it out and it'll be fine. <laughs> like whether you press your thumb or not, it's going to be okay yeah. in a few seconds. Yeah. But it's these things which we've just imbibed as a natural mm. part of our belief system. And it hasn't yeah. been challenged. I mm. have hopefully talk my parents out of going for homeopathy, even though they have been hardcore believers most of them. Homeopathy is not Indian, it's German, right? Exactly. It came in Germany <laughs> like 300 years ago. But I mean, a lot of the political leaders, including the prime minister of your country, is kind of promoting it so heavily. That's why yeah. people have made it a part of their national interest. But Ayurveda is linked to, your, it's linked to our culture. How can you remove that link to the religion and the culture? And then same way, Yunani is also linked to the Islamic roots. And mm -hmm. there are so many discrepancies in how it's not. It's actually never written in Quran. It's in, in this one hadith that was just random mm -hmm. at that point in time. I am not even sure if that hadith has been verified properly or not. But anyway, I don't want to get into the religious discussion of it. But at the end of the day, um, if you still go by the religion, which I don't suggest, I suggest you do the right thing and move on with science when it comes about health, no matter what Absolutely. is written 1,400 years ago, uh, not just in the Quran, I'm talking about the Hadith because most of the things are in the Hadith and not in the Quran. Mm -hmm. But even in the Hadith, if you've, there is another Hadith to challenge that and counter it, and which will say that the Prophet has asked you to move on with the mm -hmm. progressing times. And, you know, whatever is the best treatment of that time, you should use it. And this is clearly not. <laughs> so there is conflicting stuff even there. But the things about Yunani is that it, it actually didn't originate. And I have written a, an article on Yunani as well, because people will be like, oh, you keep talking about Ayurveda, there's no Yunani. <laughs> I have written a thing about Yunani. And then I did a lot of research, found out that Yunan, Yunani comes from Yunan. And Yunan was actually in Greece. So it came from ancient Greece. Wow. And then it went to Persia. When the Persian Empire spread to India, they took it mm -hmm. with us and then gave us all these fine <laughs> things like Ruabza and all of that. And it was supposed to do all, oh, yeah. a lot of stuff. We just have it happily in Ramadan and say, ah, oh, it's a nice drink, whatever. But it was supposed to cure a lot of things because it's mm -hmm. got all these herbs and stuff. But then it went from Persia to India and China. And then India and China, it's a mixture of Indian Ayurveda traditional Chinese medicine, ancient Greek, and ancient Persia. Now, Yunani is not, not practiced in Greeks or in, I mean, not even in Saudi Arabia. Yunani is only in India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. It's not religion. I mean, I think there's only one carta that came out that said that this is Yunani, and a lot, a lot of people fell for it, so I'm kind of glad. Um, that uh, that people didn't buy that. But this coronal, everybody bought it as Ayurveda. And guess what? It's not Ayurveda either. 
I didn't know about these things. And a lot of scriptures yeah. are coming that, uh, oh, we knew about this thing. And Charak Samhita is written. Charak Samhita is the Ayurvedic book. Um, mm-hmm. It was written back then. No, it didn't. You can't have an answer to every single problem. That's religious dogma. Yeah. That's not science. Exactly. And pro- probably the Ayurvedes, uh, if they were alive right now, they would be laughing at us. Yeah, I'm sure. Because they were, they were progressive of the, their times. You know, exactly. they... They found out that, oh, if our blood is sweet and if the ants are attracted to our blood, there must be sugar in our blood. And that's probably diabetes. And, you know, there's sugar in our urine. But yeah, that was what? science back then. That was science. Yeah, exactly. And it was very yeah. progressive science. But yeah. that has to move with the time. Exactly. You know, it's, and it's, you could even say that modern medicine is even in some parts a form of Ayurveda, it kind of started from a similar place. And at the same time, right now, when we have quinine, which has come from the bark of a tree, which Trump is touting as a COVID cure, which it isn't, but it's a great (laughs) medicine. It's hydroxychloroquine has been around for ages and it's derived from that, from quinine. It's great for malaria. It's great for for malaria, exactly. Exactly. Problem... So, so, and, and, and we're not saying that the rest of the world, real science is devoid of a problem. I mean, that study that happened in the south of France on hydroxychloroquine was not mm-hmm. randomized. Yeah. You know, he picked people from one hospital and the, the other people who were the control ones, he picked them from a different hospital. Mm-hmm. And he made the, the, the data look like these guys were getting cured of hydroxychloroquine, but most people get cured of COVID anyway. Exactly. So, so th- th- there are so many faults with it, and it's it's not evidence based as well. That is quackery. If you think COVID is going to cure, get cured by hydroxychloroquine, it is still pseudoscience, and this is also Absolutely. pseudoscience. It's not Ayurveda, but people are defending it in the name of Ayurveda because a saffron-clad man is selling it. You know, it's close to the government, and now they've they've done a full U-turn. I, you know, they've all accepted that he's done good work for the country. <laughs> I knew he'd slip through that loophole. Yeah, I I even mentioned it in my article. I was like, this guy is so slimy. He's so greased up with snake oil that he's just going to slide right through. Yeah, it's a business, right? It's a business, and the That's... same with Sadhguru. Uh, he's exactly like that. It's a business yeah. for him as well. Uh, I mean, I've I've seen his website. He's been anti-vaxxer. You know, he advocates for mercury in the drugs and knowing it's poisonous. Doesn't He's he selling know that Ayurveda's got heavy metals in their drugs? Exactly, lead and mercury being found. Um, there's a study, uh, there was a randomized study on different drugs imported from India and about 30% of them had heavy metals, including lead and mercury and all these other things. He, But he, he's also a businessman. I mean, he sells lots of things. On his website, on Sadhguru's website, I've seen... Uh, I think it was like 100,000 or 200,000 rupees. So 100,000 is a lakh, right, in India? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was somewhere in in that figure, he was selling his own footprint on silver. That was that expensive. So, I mean, those things happen and they're, they're... it's business too, right? It's absolutely. It's, it's not like exactly, they're doing it out of their own, you know, sainthood. Yeah. Uh, um, no, that's exactly what we are trying to do, right? Which is why the work that we do and other skeptics uh, and rationalists, so to speak, are doing in this country and around the world is to just mm-hmm. try and 
be a voice of science, be a voice of reason out there so that people at least have some sort of a conflicting idea that they may encounter. So that's why I think like a lot of people out there who believe in it are mm. open to conflicting evidence. I mean, they will go to a doctor if they have cancer or, you know, heart trouble or, you know, anything else Absolutely. for any other chronic ailment or severe ailment, but they'll still go to the homeopath for other things. And Self-resolving be, I, issues because, you know, they make them feel better. Because I think the biggest difference between them is that homeopaths and Arabic spend a lot of time, they have a lot of empathy and they really yeah, talk to every That is trouble. very important. And the other guys, they think, oh, I don't need to entertain them or, you know, my thing, my viewpoint is this is a body that I need to treat, blah, blah. I know the mm-hmm. mechanistic side. And they just completely detach from the human side of medicine. I think that Which I think is also with... a big problem. We it's need a to. Problem. Yeah. yeah. That is something that a lot of doctors need to address. Fortunately, I've had good doctors on the whole. I've encountered some bad ones. But yeah. the best ones are the ones who sit down with you and they explain to you what you're going through and they explain to you what your treatment modality is going to be like. But a lot of them just want to kind of get in as many people as possible, yes, treat as many people, get their bills paid, all yeah. set, all done. But that's because of the business model, right? This is not exactly. a business. It should never be a business. It's a, an essential service that should be state given on the basis of people's taxes. I know the argument is like India doesn't pay taxes and blah, blah. But that's mm. that's what it should should be it's absolutely not, and you know they're not there to make money exactly so i feel that this like what you're doing with alt news science is essential and especially it's a platform that's getting a lot of visibility it's it's an important thing to have that information out there for people to find and for people to encounter yeah. but when it comes to people like baba ramdev who know that they're scamming people who are you know purposely manipulating so-called science to show that some semblance that they have some sort of evidence because they've been throwing around words like evidence-based through all of their press releases that they've been doing recently. And they make it, yeah, and they make it like Eastern science versus Western science. We don't need validation in Western journals and these Western educated scientists (laughs) do this and that. Yes, I'm Western educated. I am really glad that I have a gold standard of what research process mm-hmm. should be like and Absolutely. people should adhere to it that that is being tested and developed for a reason and and if you feel that you don't need this process why are you even going through a clinical trial just then be open about it you yeah. adopting that process and then you're saying oh we don't it's about, and they make it about one versus the other eastern versus there is no east versus west you know it's yes. about science is science. Real science was a pseudoscience. If it's in the exactly. East, it's still science if it's real science. So what are you Absolutely. saying that all, all these IITs and II, um, you know, Indian Institute of Sciences, they're not producing science because it's in the East, they're producing <laughs> science and good science. Absolutely. <laughs> no, actually, I think I think that's a good place to uh, end it today. I'm, I mean, we could go on for hours, I'm sure. Yeah. But and, and we will probably <laughs> the next time <laughs> we get you on. But <laughs> And for now, thank you so much. It's been an absolutely fan- fascinating conversation. Thank you have you. blown my mind several times over the last couple of hours. <laughs> and thank you so much for the work you do and for the work that you're doing professionally to fight and to understand and counter extreme violence and extremism in one context. And on the other hand, fighting pseudoscience and fighting for reason and science I think I'm fighting for, for India for- and around the world. 
Sorry? Yeah, I think I, I think I'm fighting for reason and science. It's not it's not about pseudo science or violence. I think the main goal of all of this is to look at life through an evidence based perspective. I mean, we'll, I want people to look at terrorism and violence through evidence based perspective and not mm. through the biases of anti this or that. You know, or mm. because a Muslim does it, it's jihad. A white supremacist does it, it's just a lone wolf attack. No. And so I think if everybody just talks about this type of violent behavior as this rewarding violence. I'm not labeling that as terrorism, but but just think about that and say it's a problem and address yeah. it through evidence-based policy and whether it's health or terrorism, whether it's your own personal life um, or your civil life, you know, address it through some sort of fact with evidence and with rationality and not just don't fall for babas. Whether it's a red yeah. or an orange or a green or a whatever or it's or a white, <laughs> I don't know. But um, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. But yeah. thank you very much for joining us. We will definitely have you back. There's a lot more that we need to talk about. Thank you. But I am thank a you very for your time. Person. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> Good night. I am endlessly. I'm talkative, and I and I really knew it before we even started. It's not going to be a half an hour conversation. So I am sorry. Is, I kept. Have, I've had a wonderful time. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was great speaking to you. The pleasure's mine. And good night and goodbye. Good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this series of interviews. What do you think of all the things we spoke about? Do you have any questions for Dr. Sheikh? If we get enough of them, I'll plan a special interview and ask her for you. My contact details are coming right up. See you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Rationable Podcast. If you like this show, please subscribe, share it, rate it, and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll make it much easier for others to find it. For the show notes, transcript, references, and more, visit www.berationable.com. Continue the conversation on the Rationable Conversations Facebook group and at Be Rationable on Twitter. For feedback, questions, or suggestions, write to abhijit at berationable.com. That's A-B-H-I-G-I-T at berationable.com. Until next time, be rational.